Hi, I'm David Kaplan, and you're listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Enjoy the show. Bulls preseason continues on NBC Sports Chicago. They hit the road tonight when they visit the Indiana Pacers. Neil Funk, Stacey King have the call at the top of the hour. You could stream that game on the My Teams app. Bears are off, but they're still NFL football this weekend, including a game at Arrowhead Stadium. Between Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs and Deshaun Watson's Texans, that Tom Waddle has called the son of a Mitch ball. And you can see the game locally. Will Bears fans subject themselves to three-plus hours of what might have been? Blackhawks had the lead on four separate occasions last night, and they blew it all four times. Hawks lose the home opener. Jeremy Culleton has already made some big lineup changes. Could this be a long season on the west side of our great city? And welcome in to Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. Hope you had a great week, ready for a great weekend. I'm David Kaplan. To be the panel for today's show, he's our guy, Dougie Styles. Man, where you been, kid? Been hiding, man. Golfing, enjoying the sun. How you been? Good. You got a great tan, Thank man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Mark Carmen, fansided.com, WGN Radio, and Ricky O'Donnell just got a big promotion over at SB Nation in charge of all their basketball content. All right, Bulls. Pacers. Well, do the Bulls have a star on their roster that can be a player that can lead them to victories and not just be somebody sitting in the sidecar? I ask you, Ricky, we were talking back in the green room. Can Zach Levine, who came out yesterday and said, I am an all-star, but we got to win more than 22 games for me to get recognized. Can he be that guy? I don't think so. I think that Levine's definitely a good player, but to me, he's miscast in the number one role. His ideal role to me would be the Kyrie to someone else's LeBron, the guy who doesn't have to make high-level decisions in the pick and roll, in isolation sets, every single time down the floor, and can do what he does best, which is score the basketball. Instead, Levine's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands for the offense all season long. I think he's going to put up huge numbers. I think he's going to score efficiently. But the question with Zach Levine has always been production versus impact. He's going to put up you know, his 25 points, he's going to score efficiently. I just don't know if he's going to be able to lead the Bulls to a high number of wins. Well, I do think he deserves credit as being the guy that's by far the best on the team at getting his own shot. And if you need a bucket in the fourth quarter, I want the ball in his hands. And he certainly wants to do it. I think Lowry gets a lot of the love, but really do trust him. To, where do you give the ball to Lowry Markin on his own where he can actually create and score for you? you going to throw the ball to him in post? Not really. You're going to give it to him on the perimeter? Not really. So, like, Zach, to me, deserves a lot of credit for what he's able to do but to become a complete player that's the next step from are you going to get other guys involved can you play on the defensive end that to me is what I want to see from Zach this year. You know to, to uh, answer Cap's question we, we don't have a superstar. I, I, there is no number one I don't think on the Bulls right now. I, I do like Otto Porter Jr. though. I'm, I'm, I'm you know excited to see what he's going to bring to the table this year as a full bull uh, the full season but I mean when you look at the roster there is no one that jumps off there is no mega superstar that we have on this team. Is there a guy, though, Lowry Markkinen, can he develop into, wow, that guy's a perennial all-star or not? I, I mean, I look at Lowry as a 
fringe all-star most likely like I would say that's 90% I don't th- I don't think the floor is I think the floor is up here but the ceiling I don't think he's gonna like a guy that's going to the all-star game for 10 years I don't think he's gonna turn into that to, but a guy who could make an all-star team a couple of times that's that's what I think Larry Markin is and I also question my you know, I, I'm not sure that body is, is built to last I hope it is I know he's put a lot of time into it but I, I do want to see him play an 82 game schedule here's your stat with Markin in last year 68% of his field goals were assisted. Mm -hmm. So he's not a guy who's going to take the ball on the perimeter and create offense out of nothing. He's someone who you need to set him up. Now, he can still be a very good player. You look at these two preseason games, I think he was 5 at 12 in both preseason games. That's not a high enough number of attempts. Coming into this season, if you ask me, who do you want leading the Bulls in field goal attempts, I'm saying Markinen all day. I think Levine's a great player, and Levine is able to, you know, create his own offense out of nothing. But Markinen's the guy who I think has the highest offensive upside if he can start to grow into that creator role a little bit. I just wonder if he's going to get the opportunities, if he's going to have the assertiveness. Uh, To me, I see him ideally as a number three on a really, really great team. It's going to come down to whether he can develop as a passer, develop as a defensive player. And that's the problem, by the way. They've got a bunch of guys who are number three. I would say Zach Levine is a three. Mm, Uh, So I I told you you had an elite star, and then you had Zach Levine, Markton, and Otto Porter, two, three, four. Colby White somewhere in there. Now it's a different team. How about this? You want this? Put Jimmy Butler on this current Bulls team, and they would crush. They would be a top three team in the East because Butler still is a 10 to 15 player in the league. Butler's a star. When Butler was in town, all we heard was, well, Jimmy Butler is not good enough to be the best player in the championship team. Well, guess what? Now you don't have a top 50 player in the entire league. Mm-hmm. To me, the best player on the Bulls is Otto Porter Jr. I think any elite team, that's the guy that would help them the most. I think he's really been able to flesh out his skill set since he got into Chicago. That was the best move John Paxson has made in a long, long time trading for Otto Porter Jr. Tremendous move to deal Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, terrible signing to get Otto. That was wonderful. I'd like to see him run some more pick and rolls. I'd like to see him facilitate a little bit more. He had eight assists in the last preseason game. That tied his career high, which he also set on the Bulls last year. Put the ball in Otto's hands. Let him see if he can create. I really like Porter. And to close it out, I think with Markinen, when you look at his body, dude is jacked, right? I mean, like every guy would love to have his body, right? But then... I feel like fatigue is a factor for the first couple of years. I feel like he always gets hurt when you look at him and you go, wow, this guy is like... The Hulk. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's hurt and you're like, wow, he got hurt by doing that? And you're looking at his guns and everything else and you're like, to me, I just feel fatigue has been a huge factor with him since day one. Can we rewind back to that? I'm trying to digest. You think that Otto Porter is a better player than Zach Levine and Laurie Markin? If you ask the Warriors what player they want on the Bulls to join a championship-level team, they are not taking Zach Levine. They're taking Otto Porter Jr. all day. You think they would take? You think they would take Porter over Markin? Well, it's about like winning at a high level, uh, and I think that I, mean, I get that you like a guy that could fit into a team. I, I see like that angle on it. I, I, I get where you're going there, but you don't think like no. uh, if the Warriors were drafting right now <laughs> and, and they had nobody on their roster. They wouldn't take Porter over Market and Levine, would they? Are, uh, are you saying that, he's, that Porter fits best in the ice? I, I, I'm not. Yeah. I think that Otto Porter Jr. is the player on the Bulls who has the biggest impact on winning. So you can and, say, and I well, agree. he might not be the best player on the team because he doesn't put up the best numbers. Well, guess what? If you're trying to win games at a high level, give me Otto Porter Jr. See, and I understand exactly yeah, so where he's I. coming I, from. I, I, right, you're not looking for the best players. You're looking for the right players. The Mark. complete player, too. Yeah, but what you're, what you're also naming right. is that the Bulls have a lot of non-winning players. If you really got to go to Otto Porter to well, say, you don't Otto know Porter's that. They good. just haven't won yet. Otto Porter is a damn good he's player. Good. 
Here's the problem with Markkinen, too, and I like Markkinen. I don't want to seem like I'm diminishing his skill set. You look at his per 36 numbers, under two assists per game, under one steal a game, under one block a game. So at the end of the day, how much of an impact is he making defensively? At best, he's going to be an average NBA defensive player. And then offensively, if you're really going to be a stud scorer, what those guys do I need 20 is, shots a game out of him. Well, but also they're able to leverage their own scoring ability right. to benefit their teammates. Markkinen hasn't shown an ability to create for his teammates as a passer, as a facilitator. That, to me, is the number one thing he needs to improve in his game. When he becomes a better passer, then he can be your first option. And those guys still have to learn how to play together. If they, yeah. For whatever reason, that chemistry is never – maybe, maybe Sadoransky will help uh, bridge that gap, but they, they still need to climb up to the, – they're actually a team. All right, let's move from basketball to football. Talking about players that can help your team win. That would be at the quarterback position. There are going to be two great ones facing off at noon on CBS on Sunday. Cannot wait to watch as Tom Waddle over at ESPN 1000 called it the son of a Mitch Bowl. <laughs> These are the two guys the Bears passed on to Sean Watson for the Houston Texans. And Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they'll play on Sunday in Kansas City. And that leads us to our Ankin Law Sports Talk Live poll question. Bears fans, we'll be watching the Texans-Chiefs game on Sunday. Yes or no? Go to NBCSportsChicago.com slash vote. Will you watch it? Of course you got to watch it. I mean, you 100% have to watch this game. This is what everybody wants to see. And Bears fans, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. We can stop crying. We didn't get either of them. The Bears, they wanted to go, and we got Mitchell, and that's our quarterback right now. There's nothing we can do about it. This game on Sunday is going to be crazy entertaining. I disagree. We can complain every single day <laughs> and point it out. And but what just, are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do about the, it. Well, there's, I think crying is a thing that you can actually do. I'm excited to watch the game. And, look, uh, you guys are bringing it up. This is a topic on the show, so it gives, like, free reign here. I thought they should have drafted Watson. I just want to put it on the record. The guy was – Unbelievable at Clemson. I thought it was a no-brainer that you take Watson where the Bears were at. But Mahomes went ahead of him. So, I mean, give Kansas City credit. And obviously they took the right guy. We did not. And if I hear anybody else in this town say that, well, let's just see a couple more games and we'll figure out if Mitch is – no, just stop. The, the argue, the, he's, he's three on the list and he's, it's a distant third. And he's never catching up. I'm, these guys are unbelievable. They just are. And they blew it. And that's too bad. As someone born in 1987, I spent my entire life thinking that the Bears were just a big burden on my shoulders. They were just constantly letting me down. And that was before they made their biggest error in franchise history, trading up to take Mitch Trubisky over Watson, over Mahomes. And I wanted Watson, too. The fact of the matter is if they would have taken Watson, they also would have made a big mistake because Mahomes is right now on track to likely be the greatest quarterback of all time, given the current rules, given the way they're passing the ball now. He's going to break every record. Mahomes is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it's unfortunate for the Bears. They had a 33% chance to get the GOAT, and instead they got Mitch Trubisky. What did the Bears see, by the way? Like, what film were they watching? What did When Mitchell came in, they had the interview. What did he say or what did he do that, that the Bears were like, this is our guy? Because I, I'm not a fan of Clemson football. I'm a Notre Dame guy. But when you look at Sorry Clemson. To hear that. Thank you, man. <laughs> but when you look <laughs> at Clemson USC football, tomorrow. I mean, he was phenomenal. He was everything you thought an NFL quarterback would be. And Mitchell played barely that first, that uh, only season. You know about the dinner, don't you? What dinner? So John Fox, Pace, all the scouts, they fly to North Carolina. Okay. And they tell Mitch, hey, when we're flying to North Carolina, when we get there, you got to set up dinner. And we're going to all go to dinner. you got to pick the restaurant. you got to book the table. Get everything set up mm -hmm. however you want it. And then just text us where to be and when. 
and he set up a restaurant in a private room called Bin 36 in um, Chapel Hill. Okay. And he, the reservation was under James McMahon. <laughs> and, that, and that was Ryan it. Pace loved it. Pick Mitchell. They, he's serious. <laughs> they crushed on Mitch Trubisky. Whatever happened, they just they fell in love. They thought they were seeing something that perhaps others weren't seeing. Although there was there was Trubisky buzz at the time, so let's name that as well. You go back. I just did this. I went back and looked how the rankings were. The majority of the scouting services had Mitchell Trubisky, the number one quarterback, Deshaun Watson too, and ESPN two weeks before the draft had Patrick Mahomes. The 52nd ranked prospect in the draft. Yeah. There, there seemed to be ludicrous. A, uh, there seemed to be a little bit of an inherent bias there with Trubisky that uh, I, I, I don't. Maybe scouts are like liking what they feel is more familiar at the position. I don't know, but whatever it was, they got it wrong, and that's that's why they get paid the big money for the record. Would Mahomes be this good though if he, the Bears drafted him? You think? Oh, absolutely. No not. shot. Absolutely. You know what I mean? He'd, he'd be still pretty damn. Right now, with Matt Nagy coaching that guy? Oh. He would not have developed like this. With Dowell Loggins, John Fox. The, fir- the first year would have been a problem, but right now he'd, right. Be in, he'd be loving it. The ALCS is set thanks to another historic performance by Garrett Cole. He pricing himself out of the White Sox budget. Meanwhile, the NLCS begins tonight. How hard are we all rooting for the Washington Nationals? Should I go buy a Nationals hat? Do I get an Anthony Rendon jersey or a Juan Soto jersey? (laughs) Cubs authentic fans. The My Teams app by NBC Sports is your home for Cubs highlights, articles, and more. For the best Cubs coverage anytime, anywhere, download the My Teams app today. Garrett Cole is going to be the richest pitcher in the history of the sport. Guy is absolutely filthy. And if he can take this thing all the way to a World Series title, I mean, could we be looking at a $300 million pitcher? Is that possible? Maybe somebody will pay him, and he's far and away the best guy out there. It's, it, it ain't going to be the Chicago White Sox, I can tell you that. And I don't think they should. And I don't, I don't think any team really should give Garrett Cole or anybody $300 million to, to, you know, in such a position where you're probably going to get hurt at some point. But he's going to get his dough cap here, there's no doubt. His stuff is ridiculous. I think the White Sox got to do everything they can. They got to get a loan. They got to do whatever, man, to sign him. I mean, he's he's the goat right now. I mean, he's he's killing it. The game the other night, I mean, he was unstoppable. He had a good rate from guaranteed rate. Yeah, right. Exactly. They'll, they'll right. They got the hookup right away. Can can the Cubs? Can we afford him? No shot. No shot at all. <laughs> no way. Biggest contract in White Sox history, I believe, is about $65 million. 68. That is... <laughs> Jose Abreu. They that offered is, 250 for Machado. Let's get that on the record. Two, they offered They Machado offered to, him just enough to know he wouldn't take it. Yeah, they, uh, they thought they were getting him, but But okay. they didn't offer him the most money. They That's didn't true. offer him the best deal. It was better in some ways, a.k.a. we signed his brother-in-law instead of giving him the most money. The White Sox should do everything they can to sign Garrett Cole. They've been saving money for four or five years at this point. They can add $60 million to the payroll and still only be like the 12th highest paid. So would you pay, would you, if he said to you, hey, Mark, it's Garrett, I'm yeah. in if you guys will match the offer I've got on the table and it's eight times $35 million a year? I wouldn't do it. No chance. It's not I'm my not. money. Do it. Yeah. They need a pitcher. Well, right, you're but the you're, owner. But you're, you're, you're saying I'm the White Sox. No, no way am I paying uh, eight-year deal for 35 a year. No chance. Well, then here's not, the not doing it. If they're not going to give it to him, then take that money and actually give it to other free agents. Because they did not go do that with Machado last Madison year. Bumgarner, uh, Zach Wheeler. There's guys out there. J.D. Martinez is a I hitter. mean, just think about the South Side right now. If 
Cole comes to the South Side, fans, they're going to sell so many jerseys. I mean, the White Sox fans are going to resurrect and come. They have the prospects. You, they're going to be coming up next year. I mean, why? I don't believe that. Like, I really don't think that oh, Garrett Cole's pitching tonight. We got to go see him. Or I got to go get myself a Cole jersey. I'm not saying there won't be some bump. I'm a Cubs fan, and I would like to go. I would go to the South Side would, to see you, Cole pitch. If Garrett Cole was pitching yeah. in a White Sox jersey, I would absolutely. I went last year and got a ticket just to go watch Michael Kopech. Yeah, that's I thought, that's this guy's cool. That's but, talent, man. But, okay, but so that's, that's, that's one of your own coming up, super exciting, interesting, Dylan Cease, whatever. But, dude, he's Garrett Cole. Oh, come on. It's, it's probably the same like when Lester came to the Cubs. 100%. You know what I mean? When Lester came to the Cubs, us as Cubs fans, we were excited. I'm oh, sure some Sox fans were like, oh, man, they got... They got Lester, World Series Lester. John, John Lester was winning World Series. Garrett, Garrett Cole walked in here right now, walked down Michigan Avenue. How many people would know that it's Garrett Cole? One out of ten? How about when he wins the World Series this year, if he does? For the Houston Astros versus the Washington Nationals, nobody's going to be watching. Like, what were the ratings going to be in town for that series? I will be. He's oh. still getting a ring, though. <laughs> right. I, okay. But, and, and I'm just saying, listen, maybe on – Maybe talent-wise, he could in today's baseball be worth 35 million for a couple of years, eight-year deal. That's not going to end well for whoever signs him. Well, they've been the White Sox have been saving their money for so long; they might as well spend it. And this is the year to spend it. Tim Anderson had a career year. Mankata had a career year. Giolito had a career year. Robert's about to come up. Finally, this is what we've been waiting for. It's time to spend some money, White Sox, and people spend in the media smart, need but, to but put pressure it. on him. But spend it. Spend it intelligently. And if you bring him to the White Sox, they're going to put the White Sox back on the map like that in Major League Baseball. Agreed. All right, let's talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals will battle the Nationals tonight, game one. In St. Louis, Miles Michaelis will be on the hill for the hometown Cardinals, who, if you go back to late August, their chances of winning the division and being in this position, non-existent. And early in the year, they were calling for the firing of Dave Martinez. Mm -hmm. He turned that thing around. Last time in the NLCS since 2014 for the Cardinals. Cubs beat them. They beat them in the division series in 2015. Cubs win the World Series, obviously, in 16. NLCS in 17. Cardinals miss the playoffs along, with, and, and the Cubs make the wild card in 18. Are we really going? Is it really happening for the Cubs right now that Joe Madden's fired? They look like they're training in the wrong direction. The whole, your whole entire life, the Cardinals have been on top, and just like this, they're right back there, and they're gonna, are they going to win the whole damn thing? Because they might. It seems, I mean, everything's turning up St. Louis right now. I, I find it to be very disturbing. Let's go Nationals. The Cards do feel a little bit like a team of destiny right now. I would have thought that they would have been a heavy underdog to the Dodgers. And of course, the Dodgers get knocked out by the Nats. So uh, I think it's going to be in an even better ALCS than the NLCS. Yo, but You're, Are you telling me that the Nationals aren't more of a team of destiny? They were 19-31. They were 12-under. Written off, and everyone's saying Davey Martinez should get fired. They have to win a wild card game against another Destiny team. They were losing in that game, by the way, and won it on a three-base error. O only team in baseball history to come back from two three-run deficits in elimination games, to your point. So they're much more of a team of Destiny than the Cardinals. And they have nothing to lose. I mean, Washington, they're sitting back. I mean, I think all the stress is probably on the Cardinals. If you think about it right now, Washington, a couple of days ago, they thought they were probably going to be out of it. You know what I mean? And now they're, now they're on top of the world, right. you know, killing it. And, uh, you, okay, you've got to play the Cardinals. Cardinals are tough. But, hey, Washington, I think, is just sitting back going, hey, let's go play a game of baseball. Where did Davey Martinez learn how to turn that team around in the second half of the season, get them playing when it mattered most? Might be Joe Madden. All right, Blackhawks had the lead last night. Then they lost it. Then they got it back. Then they lost it. They got it back again. 
They lost it again. Got it back yet again. Then they lost the game. How long will it take to, take to fix their ailing defense? Get all of your Blackhawks news in the palm of your hand with the My Teams app by NBC Sports. The best place to stream the games, watch highlights, read articles, and more. Download the My Teams app today. If you're a hockey fan like Carmen, Ricky, Dougie, don't miss out on playing Yahoo Fantasy Hockey this season. It's all in the Yahoo Fantasy app. You can create and run your own league right from your phone, Mark. It's easy. It's free. And if you're a seasoned veteran, play for cash in a pro league like Carm. Get your friends together. Create a fantasy hockey league. Download the Yahoo Fantasy app and get started. You can even sign up at yahoo.com slash fantasy hockey. Got my team rolling, Carm for life. Carm for life. There you go. <laughs> I watched this game almost start to finish last night, and it's disappointing to see the Blackhawks be this bad early in the season defensively. I mean, terrible. This is interesting, the level of panic. It's two games. I know that they caved themselves in early in the season last year, but you still have six games left on a homestand that's going to span three weeks. And that's not a, you know, you don't want to lose to the Sharks at home or 0-4 coming in. Let me ask you a question. Okay. You guys are all basketball guys, okay? I'm a sports guy, Cap. That guy right there, Goudreau, that's yeah. the game-winning goal. The entire team didn't realize he's standing in front of the net. That would be like leaving Zion wide open, and they throw it down, and he dunks, and everyone goes, did you guys not see that guy? That was early in the season. They, they didn't see him, man. He put that trickery shot on him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, I like that you're trying to bring it into basketball terms here. But to, as a hockey savant, Cappy, again, I'm just going to tell you, May, Jeremy Carlton's very interesting for him right now, full season with the team. He looked, after, after the game in his postgame show, he looked like they had just lost game seven of the finals. I mean, he, he was right. up. So the, the urgency is there. But uh, well, like you, you, said, you, can't, you can't make magic out of the defense, but they've they got a lot of aging guys. Though. I mean, what are you going to do? Shook up all the lines this morning. Basically put it in a blender and went, here we go. As a hockey guy, I also know that this is the same story as last season, which is that the defense is their biggest question mark. Uh, someone like Seabrook, someone like Keith, great players in their prime, but the Hawks had to sign them to long-term deals. They haven't aged as well as the team would have liked. They brought in a lot of new defensemen this year, but so far continues to be a work in progress. I think if they can straighten that out by you know the middle of the season, the end of the year, sneak into the playoffs, maybe the offense can carry them. But is it too early in the season? I mean, it's two games like everyone's been saying. To switch all the lines after two games, are we freaking out a little bit too much? Should we relax, or, or do we, is this a must? We need to do this. Game three, must win. Let's go. Carm, do they beat the Jets tomorrow? <laughs> oh, this is crushed. Put your money on Patrick Line. He's a really good player. That is a wrap for Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. Bulls and Pacers are next. Make sure you watch that Hawk game tomorrow night. BB will have all the coverage. Have a great weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday. See ya. For Chicago Sports Talk with Sizzle, crank up the heat and turn on STL. Host David Kaplan brings his no-nonsense opinion to the table every weeknight on the topics that are trending with our teams. Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado, weeknights at 6 on NBC Sports Chicago.